Welcome to another edition of the Dewan Marrero Podcast. I'm your host, Dewan Marrero. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. Joining me today is a longtime friend, entrepreneur, influencer, aspiring law student, and someone who inspires young African-American women to not settle for mediocrity, the one and only Jordan Wilson. Pleasure to have you on the podcast this week, Jordan. How are you? I'm good, Dewan. It's good to speak with you. And as you said, we've been friends for a long time. I'm proud to see the platform that you've created. And Thank you. I'm happy to join you today. I appreciate it. Uh, we go back, for those who don't know, since Banneker Elementary School. Shout out to yeah. Sarah H. Givens. <laughs> um, you know, Jordan, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on the podcast this week. You are the Absolutely. first female. You have a lot going on for yourself. Um, if you just tell the people who you are, your background. Absolutely. So first of all, um, I'm Jordan Wilson, Anna Gary, our native of Gary, Indiana. Um, I am an alum of Banneker Elementary School, Bishop Knoll Institute, and ultimately Howard University. Um, once I graduated from Howard, I moved to Boston to work at the Institute of Politics at Harvard. Um, I initiated the Harvard Votes Challenge. I moved on to co-found the political engagement app Politicking, and ultimately I work as a full-time, hands-on person with the app. I'm the co-founder of the app and also work still with the IOP for a number of civic engagement initiatives. I'm a public service scholar at Harvard College, and ultimately my goal uh, in all the positions that I've mentioned um, are sort of a culmination of my commitment to promote civic participation. I want people to vote. I want people to understand why it's important that they vote. And so I assume positions that will allow me to expand my platform about black and brown folks um, involving themselves in the civic engagement process and, you know, making themselves present. No, absolutely. No, that's big time, Jordan. Like I said, you're from Gary and you have all this going for you. And I know you inspire a lot of young African-American women who wants to follow your shoes. Um, You have a lot of mentees. You are a mentor to a lot of women. If you could talk about what got you engaged with doing an app, because you're young (laughs) and, you know, you're in a, a business uh, that's very cutthroat, just like any business. But did you talk yeah. about what got you into wanting to do an app? Definitely. So what got me to the app, obviously, is my background. I was raised in politics. Um, many people who are listening may know this, but some might not. My mom is the mayor of Gary, Indiana. That's the one in our hometown. She's been um, in that position since 2011, and she's been very serious about it ever since um, she assumed that post. So. I was raised in the tradition of politics and public service um, as a, um, you know, recent graduate of Howard University. I experienced the election of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very discouraged with how the outcome of that election had occurred. You know, a lot of Black people did not seem invested in the outcome. They seemed to sort of give up. Um, you know, within the last couple of months to the general election. And quite frankly, I was not satisfied with that. I wasn't okay with it. Um, I spoke to my co-founder, Wankoni Siant, about the outcome. Mm-hmm. And we came up on the solution of creating a civic engagement application that would allow, 
you know, not just black people, but any person um, who's able to download the app to let their voice be heard in the civic participation process. I essentially understood that it took a lot of money. Um, It took a lot of mental investment, but I knew that it was worthwhile. And so what we did essentially was create a platform that would allow folks to learn more about politics, regardless of where their political familiarity was. And um, we've been sort of (laughs) off to the races ever since then. DeJuan knows that um, it's an everyday challenge um, in different ways, but it's exhilarating and it's exciting. So to answer your question shortly, I got involved um, with the app space, particularly the civic tech app space, because I was um, a voter who was not particularly satisfied with what was available in terms of resources and tools, but um, someone who knew that I was capable of creating a tool that was effective. Man, that's 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 so sweet, Jordan. You know, I wish, you know, soon God bless me with an innovative idea so that I could create my own app because it's a grind like no yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, what's the yeah. process like? You know, obviously you had the idea, but to execute, what was the process like to get investors to really dive in to what you and your uh, co-partner started? You know, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but the process is <laughs> unfamiliar in every step, at every step of the way. So, like, from, you know, the entry-level point of picking up technology, familiarizing yourself with platforms that will allow you to create a space that you've envisioned, creating that sort of app or innovative project that you want to break through in the space that you're most interested in is always unfamiliar. You don't know what's happening because quite frankly, what we're most familiar with is Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. These sort of platforms that are the behemoths of you know connection be it political musical creative whatever the case is so with politics in particular it was always unfamiliar to create um, a political platform because not only did we not know a lot of uh, black people in the space we didn't know a lot of women we didn't know a lot of minorities the folks that we heard of were all um, of these kind of figures that were not necessarily close in proximity to us so I would say that um, with creating a you know, mobile application, it's always important to realize that everything's going to be a learning curve, just like, you know, the most intense or highest position that you could ever have. It's a learning curve. You have to be prepared to, you know, know more than you anticipated. Um, With creating an app, you always have to sort of learn as you go. You know, no one's going to feed you what's next because it's such an uncharted territory. So with politics in particular, it's always been that my co-partner and I have just figured out things as we sort of created a desire desire to create it. No, um, amen. I I appreciate you sharing that because people need to hear um, about the process and they need to trust the process because it doesn't happen overnight. Success doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's a marathon. It's a full-time grind. Um, would you say Howard inspires you just with the people Definitely. you were around? If you could elaborate <laughs> yeah. more about your Howard experience. Yeah, Howard was um, 
an oyster of unlimited dreams. So Howard was a place that I learned folks who had made it to the top of their field in law, that have made it to the top of their field in politics and fashion, all sorts of fields that I hadn't even considered. But Howard was a place that I learned from people who were definitely committed to being the best in their field. I talked to a couple of mentors of mine, um, professors, folks who were involved in the academic space, and they said, what you're doing is okay and great, but it won't be successful unless you're committed to being the best. And so Howard was a place that I learned that whatever challenges were ahead of me, and I hadn't at the time to be um, frank with your audience and you, I mean, I'm sure you know this, I hadn't thought about politicking as an undergraduate, but I knew that I had enough materials and preparation at Howard through mentorship and um, through the academic preparation to know that I was already prepped and primed to be the best. So Howard was a place that you were already familiar with whatever was happening in your field because you were trained up to know what was happening, what was a com- competitive market like, you know, what was happening in that field. So with Howard, I knew that there were no other Black innovators in that tech space who had really bodied the market the way that uh, my co-partner and I planned to. And so with that, <laughs> you know, I continued to stay in touch with my Howard mentors upon graduation as a staffer at the Institute of Politics and I'm still in touch with them as a co-founder at Politicking and they're you know always like folks have not done this before they've not been able to do it because of XYZ and they're saying you know as long as you stay at the top of facilitating these sort of tools it can happen for you Um, No, mentors are important Uh, I'm glad that you, you spoke highly about that because I have mentors in different areas of my life, whether that's basketball, on and off the court, life development, um, just all around. And, you know, when you were at Howard, did you come across a lot of Gary natives? You know, do I have to be honest with you? I did not come across a bunch of Gary natives. Um, I knew a couple, a lot, uh, a few of our Banneker, um, peers but I didn't know a lot of people from Gary and that was actually something that I didn't like a lot about my experience at Howard I felt like folks who are from Philadelphia or New York New Jersey um, California Atlanta had a lot of people that they went to um, high school with or who they were Jack and Jill with but for our particular area I didn't have that you know leisure and so I think that to answer your question, no, I did not have a lot of people from Gary um, sort of looking forward. I was to pay it for it in that way, but, you know, it's just frequently that folks from our community don't have that opportunity in the ways that people from other places Right. Do. Would you encourage uh, the youth that's coming up in Gary to look at HBCU to, yes. to further their life and, and overcome it? It's not just that I... Yeah, it's not just that I encourage them to look at HBCUs. I encourage them to look at scholarships. Howard is a place that you can get a merit-based scholarship um, to cover you for your four years there. And so I would just not necessarily ask them to apply. I would just say, keep your grades up, keep your mind on that school when you're a grader or freshman, and stay focused on that goal because 
you know, a place like Howard um, and I see even speak to Morehouse or Spelman is looking to pull folks from diverse areas, but they want to make sure you have the grades and credentials um, to come there and the ways that folks from other places in the country. Right, do. right. No, absolutely. I, I appreciate that, um, Jordan Wilson. Also, if you can explain your time um, while you were at Howard, um, you crossed uh, Delta Sigma Theta. Yes, Alpha Chapter. And um, how has that shaped your life? So Delta's really been a transformative experience, um, but I do want to give some respect to my history with Delta. My mother chartered um, Zytal Chapter, which was um, at Harvard University at the time. It's now extended to other uh, schools, but I will say that Delta has played a huge experience or a huge role in my life since um, crossing at Howard University and really because you know Delta offered the opportunity for me to look at women who were in my field who weren't in my field but who were just excellent at things that they did Um, it offered me the opportunity as I got older and now to reach back to younger girls and to make sure that they uphold that commitment and so I will say that Delta has always been something that I've held as a priority Um, as an undergrad before I joined the sorority it was important to me but um, Delta is sort of a lifeline to excellence that I don't necessarily think a majority of women get the opportunity to join Mm. no for sure Jordan like I said I I appreciate that that's something that uh, stuck out to me uh, when I joined Alpha down in my chapter at Zy Alpha Moorhead State University because it's just a different network that helped me along my life and different mentors um, all over the world reach out so that was something I just wanted you to elaborate on for any of the art community who are looking into Greek life Um, I think it's a special thing Um, and it's not it, I, I will say it's not a make or break thing. There are a lot of women who I know are fabulous and excellent at what they do and who have not even, you know, had any sort of experience with pledging. But I will say for those of us who have, um, you know, she's not my sorority, but um, Democratic um, candidate Kamala Harris included, who also pledged at Howard University, you know, pledging at the undergraduate level and at any level quite frankly is an opportunity for you to make that connection with women who have so much in common that your families uh, might have also had but who really take the time to dig into you and pour into you and cultivate you into the sort of professional or woman or man in your case the one that um, you sort of always wish to be. Absolutely Jordan Um, like I said I think you're an example of black excellence especially being a Gary native. I, I know a lot of young adolescents follow your shoes, Jordan. And that's why I was really excited to have you on here um, to share your story. Um, I want to go back down to about your experience at Bishop No. I, I hear a lot of great yeah. things about Bishop No. I didn't attend Bishop No. I attend Bowman Academy in Gary. And if you could just, you know, talk about your experience at Bishop No and did it shape <laughs> you uh, getting ready for college? Yeah, so you might not necessarily hear uh, the comments that you expect from me about Bishop Noel. So Bishop Noel was um, an alternative, right? right? So I'll provide some historical context that Duwan might not have. Um, the situation that Gary schools are in, much like um, a lot of other um, urban area schools are facing, is that they're underfunded. Um, they are overcrowded for the extent of funding that they have. 
And so when it comes to receiving a quality education, it's just not necessarily um, reasonable to believe that a child might be able to. Um, and that's the case for Gary School. So I'm from Gary, Indiana. Um, I was born and raised there. My parents still live there. When it came to Bishop Knowles, it was a bit of an alternative to me going to Gary Public Schools mm-hmm. to the extent that they were just an under-resourced school system. Um, and they still are. But, uh, you know, with Bishop Knoll, I will say that there was this very strict cultural shock that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. And that I don't think any person might ever anticipate. I will say that Bishop Knoll absolutely prepared me um, to expect the sort of work- workload in college that I received and that it absolutely um, you know, familiarized me to the sort of content that I might expect it to know or might be expected to know in college. But I will say that <laughs> Bishop Knoll was a place that you know, really did not familiarize themselves with the culture that we were from. Dewan, you might realize what I'm saying um, to you. Right, uh, right. You know, just stock that or not. But Bishop Knoll, to this very moment, is completely unfamiliar with the culture that we were born and raised in. And so those sort of situations really concern me. I think um, growing up how I did, my parents were involved and aware enough to make sure that I wasn't deprived from that experience. But I'm not sure if that's the case for every student who goes to Bishop right. Knoll um, as an alternative. My experience at Bishop Knoll could have been a lot more if teachers were more involved and privy to cultures outside of their own. No, I, um, I appreciate you sharing that because that's just real. And a lot of people have their opinions and you have your opinion and you also yeah. gave a lot of people a different perspective about Bishop No, they yeah. may where yeah. they want to send their child, you know, in the future. Um, last thing, Jordan, I want to talk about with you because you've been excellent so far. Just talking about your background for those who don't know you, that now they have an open perspective about you, knowing that you are the mayor's daughter of Gary. And speaking of your yeah. mom, you know, she was elected the first uh, female mayor of Gary and the first female African American mayor in the state of Indiana. How does that, how does that make you yeah, feel yeah. knowing that your mom made history, you know? Yeah, that, that feels incredible. And it really uh, just catapults my perspective about life, which is that it's limitless. My mom has never really questioned the possibility of any goals that she's had. She's just enthusiastically pursued them. And her road to becoming Mayor Gary was very much along those lines. It was not necessarily if it could happen, but it was how it would. And so when it did, of course, like you said, it sent shock waves about the history that it set. But it's really um, empowering. Quite frankly, like my mom's time as Mayor of Gary has been, you know, inspiring to me, but it's been delightful to me because it's inspired other women. I've talked to mayors of other cities that have said when I looked at your race it was that experience that made me realize I got to go ahead and do it because this was um, speaking of my mother woman who was humble enough to know that that was a position that she wanted to focus on but also confident enough to know that she had to depend on people who would play a key role into making it happen and so to me personally um, it's not always been a reason for me to say I don't have any excuses about getting it done um, whatever my goals are but always a reason to say you know 
anything that you set your mind on can absolutely happen. It's just a matter of setting forth strategy and what it is you will be committed for. Uh, My mother's has been so successful as the mayor of Gary because she's committed to serving Gary. And so I would say that it's absolutely been a blueprint for women and really people everywhere who have made the decision that what they want to set their mind on is what they'll absolutely set their life's goal on. Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, shout out to, you know, Miss Wilson. She's She's been there since I was little. I've known her yeah. for a while. <laughs> she's a big yeah, fan she of you. she always shows me love. Yeah, she's um, a big fan of you. Hugs and kisses all the time, Jordan. Like I said, yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on a podcast this week. Um, you're a blessing um, to a lot of the young females to the city of Gary. Continue to do what you're doing, Jordan. Um, this is only the beginning. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, everybody, thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned next Thursday for new content as always. 